Now, my sermon title, now listen to this, and I got to explain it. My sermon title is called My Way or the Highway. Now, the, the, that, the, the reason that sounds bad is that when I work construction, and if you didn't do it, they said, the boss would look at you and say, it's my way or hit the highway. Well, that's not what this sermon's about. Nobody's getting fired today. But there is a highway, an H-I-G-H. There is, there is two roads in front of you. There's your way to do it, and there's God's way to do it. There is a higher path than most people walk in. Let me say that again. Did you know that God has a way higher than your way? He has a plan that's bigger than your plans. He has a way to do things that are better than your way to do things. So there is two paths in front of you, and you've got to decide now what you're going to do with these two paths. Now, let me qualify a statement as I get to, before I get started. I am aware that the vast majority of you are born-again Christians, and you love God. There's always people in church that don't serve God. So allow me this morning to speak to them. Also, all of us in this room, we're constantly making choices on what to do. And Satan is constantly trying to get you off of the path. So I want to talk to you about that because it seems to be very popular today for people to do things their way. And it's not always the best thing to do. So let's talk about God's way versus your way to do things or the path that's set before you. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I need to get over there now. There's a scripture that years ago I heard a minister of the gospel was preaching on this. And it, it had quite an impact on me when I heard him preach it. And, uh, and I began to listen and I began to realize I've got choices. Deuteronomy 30 verse 11. For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. Now, I want to start there. We're going to read the rest of it in just a minute. The will of God is not difficult. It's not mysterious. Every one of us in this room know right from wrong. And we know what God's asking us to do. You, we, we can't say, well, I, I didn't know. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we do. There is nothing difficult about the Bible. There's nothing difficult about God. We have a lot of people in the earth today that do not obey God. They don't serve God. And they say, I just don't understand. Yeah, they do. No one is ignorant. There aren't any ignorant people running around going, I didn't know. Everybody knows right from wrong. Everybody knows. So the plan of God or the word of God is actually simple. It says in the book of Proverbs that the Bible was written for the simple. It is a book that stupid people can understand. It is. It's not, the Bible's not a mystery. 
And boy, the devil will tell you, oh, that's deep. There ain't nothing deep in it. Right, wrong, Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead. God is good, the devil's bad. It's not as deep as you think it. It's not all that. So listen to this statement again. For this commandment that I commanded you, it's not too mysterious for you, nor is it afar off. Well, you know there's a prophet in Tulsa, and we need to get over there and hear what he's saying. No, you don't. You don't need to go find a prophet. It's right here. You know exactly what God is saying. You don't need someone to read the Bible to you. Well, I had a dream, and someone needs to tell me what it is. Well, if you don't know what it is, it's pizza. God has the ability to tell you something. In the Old Testament, that's because they were all sinners. They didn't have any sense. But you're not a sinner. You're not ignorant of the, of the will of God. If he gives you a dream, you woke up, you knew what it meant. You went, that was crazy. Well, that wasn't God. Okay. It's not far off. It's not up in heaven that you would say, we've got to go up and get it to bring it to us, that we can hear it and do it. Nor is it over beyond the sea that we would say, who's going to go over and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. I was reading the other day, um, I, I love the Jewish nation, but ever since I've been to Israel, I've been getting emails that there's Jews that want to explain the Bible to me. I don't need you to explain the Bible because you're Jewish. I have the Jew in me. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of this elitist mentality. We're Jewish. We'll explain it. No, I'm a Gentile. I'll explain it. There, there is, this thing's not mysterious. I don't, I don't need you to explain all this to me. It, it's just real simple. For God so loved the world. That's pretty simple. Okay. Okay. I'm doing pretty good. Y'all ain't excited yet, but you may not get excited. That's all right. The word is very near you. As a matter of fact, it's in your mouth. It's in your heart that you may do it. Now look at verse 15. See, I have set before you life and good, death and evil. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, that you will live and multiply and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess it. If your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and you worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you will perish. You'll surely perish and you'll not prolong your days in the land which you cross over Jordan to go in to possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, excuse me, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your children or descendants may live, that you love the Lord your God, you obey his voice, cling to him. He is your life and the length of your days, and you'll dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give it to you. Now go back up to that word that says choose. All right, listen, listen to what I'm going to say. And I'm, and, and, and uh, anyway. Everything that you're dealing with right now that has not gone right has been because of choices you made. Now that's hard. That's hard for people to hear. But, but you listen, I want you to have a good year. Do you want 2020 to be a good year? Okay, we have to stop pretending like the circumstances are out of your control. They might be. If your boat ends up on the shore, 
it's not the wind and waves fault, is it? It's the pilot of the boat's fault. The pilot decides where the boat goes, not the wind and the waves. Now now listen, because we're going to talk today about choices. If you want to have a better year, I don't care who you're married to. I don't care whether you are married. I don't care where you work. I don't care who your mommy is and your daddy. I don't care if you didn't have a daddy. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Those things are circumstances, but they do not decide choices you make. You choose what you're going to do. Now, I'm going to say something else. Now, just hold on your horses because I have a lot of people make statements to me like, well, I don't understand. If you don't understand the Bible, that is your fault. You chose to not understand it. You chose not to read it. You chose not to pray. You chose not to walk with God. You you chose that. You decided when you heard the gospel, I'm not doing that. You said, I'm not reading. You said, I'm not praying. You said that. No one made those choices for you. If you can't read and write, that's your choice. If you don't, if you're ignorant and dropped out of school, that was your choice. Boy, this is tough. It's quiet in here. It's okay. We're going to talk in a minute about my life. I didn't even have a dad. My mom didn't serve God. Hey, no, but when I got born again, nobody in my family was a Christian. 22 years of age, I was on probation for a felony, been to jail, ran around with the outlaw gang, and when I got saved, I chose to be a Christian. And that was 44 years ago, and I have not reneged on that one iota. What happened? I made a choice. Were circumstances good? Not a one. I had no good circumstance in my life. But someone offered me an opportunity to turn to Jesus, and I did it. And I picked up a Bible that I did not understand anything in it, nothing, and I learned it. Why? I made choices. Now, this may be difficult to hear, but if you're willing to hear this, your year will be fantastic. If not, next year will be as bad as this one, and it'll be a duplicate of this one. And you're sitting around saying, well, I'm just waiting on God. Well, you're backing up because you're not waiting on him. He's not changing for you. You're changing for him. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? Is this okay? Now, you know, you understand that when it gets quiet, it means I'm right on it. Sometimes church needs to be quiet because people are going, oh my. Oh, no, not today. It's the last day of the year. Let's do something. I, verse 19 again. I'm calling heaven and earth to witness against you that I have set before you life and death. You can have life or you can have death. Blessing or cursing, you choose. Now, listen, listen to me. I'm going to say this because I need. 
When I got born again and I came to Jesus, now he said these words to me. He said, a man that doesn't work doesn't eat. That's all he had to say to me, and I went and got a job. Right? The job God got me was at a fiberglass plant. I didn't like it. Do you know how long I kept that job? Until he said quit. Now listen, I didn't come home the next week and go, well, honey, I thought you got a job. Well, I did, but I didn't like it. I'll come over here. I'm gonna... All right, I'm going to say something to you prophetically. Every boss that you ever have will be a jerk. And every job that you ever take will be difficult. Whether you are faithful or not is a choice. If you don't have a boss that's a, that's a jerk, you're the boss and you might be a jerk. <laughs> to somebody. We're, we're in a generation right now where, the, where people look to me like a pinball game. I mean, it's like bam, 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 bam. You work here one week, you work there next month, you work here next month, and then you have this friend, and now you don't have that friend, and then you change, you, you change people, friends like you change underwear. Now, I got a job at a fiberglass plant. I didn't like fiberglass. I didn't like itching. I didn't like scratching, and I didn't like the environment. There's no air conditioning in that place, but it's a job that God got me, and he said, this is where you're going to work, so guess what I did? That's what I did. I went there. Nobody ever said it was going to be easy, but I did it because, now listen, listen to what I'm going to say. November 16, 1975, I bowed my knee and made Jesus Lord. The word Lord means owner. He has a right to what I do and where I go and what I don't do. Does he you? Does he you? So that was the day that I decided to obey him. Now, I'm going to make a statement to you. I didn't say it was easy. When I got to work, the first day I got to work, I got chewed out my by my boss, and I hadn't even started work yet. And he hollered at me and told me it was, I was late, and he hurt my feelings. But I didn't quit because my feelings were hurt. And I stayed there in an environment that was not healthy because the Lord said, this is what I want you to do. Now, what I'm trying to talk to you about right now is that if you want things to change in your life, and, you, and many of you are sitting here going, man, that something's got to change. The change must take place in you first. There's no reason for you to talk about what's happening around you. The circumstances are not what's ruling you. It might be because you're letting them, but it should not be. Not for a person who says, I'm a Christian. Once you say, I'm a Christian, everything is supposed to change. It's supposed to. It's supposed to be an understood thing. That I'm a Christian, the Word of God, this is what I do. I want you to go to Jeremiah 29 with me now. And, and if y'all don't get excited, well, then I'll just have a revival all by myself up here. Because I've decided that I'm going to have a great year. Next year will be awesome. Yes, sir. 
Say it with me. Next year. Next year. We'll be awesome. We'll be awesome. Now, that means that I've already made up my mind and I've already made some decisions before I got here today because, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't do everything right. I know y'all think I do, but I don't because I'm married to an imperfect woman. Do you know why I jokingly say that? We're all married to somebody imperfect. What does that matter? So, so let me make a statement to you. I got married to Lisa over 30 years ago. Did you know that I haven't had a girlfriend since? Y'all are laughing. Not everybody can say that. Do you know why? Oh, it's not because she's all that. I made a decision. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? I walked up in front of a preacher, and he said, do you take this woman to be your wife? I said, I do. And I didn't, that, that, that set me. Have I had, opp- see, the reason you want that, you need to say that before the honeymoon, because by the time you get home, you've already determined that's the wrong person. <laughs> it's quiet in this Baptist church, but it's okay. How many of you have ever hit a wall? You ever, you ever hit, have you ever had hard times? You've got to make the decision before you ever get in the battle what you're going to do when you get in the battle. I already made up my mind. 44 years ago, I made Jesus Lord. I have not changed that at all. There's nothing. I have not changed. There's nothing to be changed. You don't change that. The government doesn't change that. My wife doesn't change that. The church doesn't change that. The only person can change that is me, and I'm not changing that. And when I got married... I decided that, and I haven't changed that. There's no reason for me to keep looking. I found one. And if the next week I go, oh, I think I miss God. Too bad, Jack. You made a decision. that You don't take this one back. This ain't Christmas. Can I bring her back? I mean, I got a receipt. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think. This is God talking to you. This is, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Does God have a plan for you? Yes. All right. In front of you right now is two roads. His and yours. You got choices to make. Now, you know, when I first started pastoring, I really tried to explain the Bible to people so they would do it. I don't do it anymore. I've already found out you're going to do what you want to do. It don't matter. I mean, even Judas made a choice. Adam made a choice. Satan made a choice. You know, if this leadership thing we're learning today was really all that, God has failed miserably at leadership. Did you know that in heaven, everything was perfect and he lost a third of his angels? That's not good leadership. Maybe it is. In the garden, started a garden, put man on it, created earth, lost everything in one day. Everybody in his church left. 
Well, what did he do wrong? Maybe nothing. You know, Jesus, the day that, that he left, he floated off with 500 people, and he said, meet me in Jerusalem. Did you know only 120 showed up? One day I was talking to the Lord about the people coming and going out of church. He said, you can't beat my record. They don't do what I say. They're not going to do what you say. So I kind of got over the fact that, but the truth is, every one of you in here know right from wrong. You already know. I'm not trying to convince you of that. I'm just showing you that there is another path and it's better than the one you're on. And now when you leave today, you get to make a choice. And you will. You probably already made it. I ain't doing anything he says. I don't think I like him very much. But God says, I have a path for you. I have a plan for your life. And you've got to decide, I want that. When I was 22 years of age, I just said a while ago, I didn't have a dad. My dad left home when I was in second grade. Didn't have a home. My mother was just was a Christian, but she just got saved. I didn't know anything about God. I didn't know anything about the Bible. How is it that me being a former, um, um, what was I former? Sinner from hell. Ran around with the outlaw game, on probation for a felony. How did I turn out good and I didn't even have a church? I, folks, there weren't churches like this. There weren't any. The town I'm in was a Baptist church that was preaching against tongues, a Pentecostal church that was mad at everybody in town, and, and, a, and another church, and I don't know the name of it, but everybody in it was asleep when I went there and was asleep when I left. <laughs> then what, I didn't mean to have a church in my town. I didn't, I didn't, need, I didn't, need, I didn't need to have a church. How do you turn out okay because I... Decided. I didn't understand my Bible and I read it anyway. Well, I don't understand. We'll read it anyway. I'm not staying here. I'm trying to tell you this. I made choices. Life is about the choices you're making. If you don't like where you are, change what you're doing. And quit telling me what's happening and who's not doing what. All of those things are important, but they're not the ones that are determining the outcome of your life. All right. He said here, I know the thoughts that I think to you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Did you know that most people choose not to follow him? Even born again Christians. They're not interested in what God thinks about what they're doing. They pick the job they want. They pick the woman they want. They pick, they're, they're making choices and they're not including God in it at all. And then they're coming around going, well, I'll tell you what, I don't tell me, and God ain't very good to me. Well, listen, that's because you're not doing what he said. Amen, don't shout me down. You're doing your thing and asking him to follow you. One of you's not God. There is a God, and you're not him. Thank you. <laughs> Romans 12, let's go over there. Look at your neighbor and say, well, he's going to let us out here soon. <laughs> but not until he, he finishes his sermon. So you just... Now, 
No, I know in my heart that God's got some great things he wants to do in your life. But uh, I think he's looking for a little cooperation here. It's easy to get off track. Or I wouldn't be preaching this. It is not easy to always follow the plan of God. You have to want it. If you don't, if you just act like you don't want it and he won't even talk to you. You say, well, God don't talk to me. Well, why would he? He already knows you're not going to do what he says. Woo. That's okay. Romans 12. I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The word service is the Greek word worship. Did you know that if you're going to walk with God, you're not going to get to do everything you want to do? Thank you. You know, every once in a while we need this, don't we? Did you know that if you're going to live on this earth and live right, you're not always going to be happy and comfortable? Everything's not always going to turn out your way. There are some times it's going to get very hard to do the right thing. When's the last time you made a decision and everybody you know didn't agree with you? I've been there. Boy, it is tough when you're the only one going, I'm not moving. I told you when I got saved, the only person in my family that was born again at that time was my mother, and she didn't know anything. And when I said, I'm, I'm leaving, now listen, listen, listen to me, and I want you to hear this, because we don't talk about this much. I got a job at CertainTeed. I'm making a lot of money now. This is the first time in my life I ever made any money. I'm making, you could buy a brand new Camaro for $3,000. You could buy a brand new home for $30,000. And they're grooming me for management. And the Lord said, go to Tulsa. Now, what am I going to do? Go to Tulsa. Are y'all listening to me? You see, sometime or another, we think that if it ain't easy, everything that's God is going to be easy. No, 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 not all. It's not always going to be easy. There are times when God is going to ask you to do something, you're going to go, well, that don't really make much sense. I'm doing really good, have a lot of money, man, I got a really good job, and you want me to go to Bible school and four hours a day and work four hours a day for $5 an hour, and I now have a good job. That makes no sense, really. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think it was a hard choice for me? No. You know Why? I made that choice when I got saved. I already made this choice. I'm going to follow God. Now, now understand something because I, I want you to get what I'm saying. Get what I'm saying. Even though I'm a prosperity preacher and I believe in prosperity, I'm not following money. I'm not following a money trail. I'm following the Lord. I have to trust him that if he's leading me to go do something, he's got my best interest in heart. 
He's got a plan, and it has to be a good one. So if he's asking me to leave something that looks good, I've got to believe that this is worth it. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? And I may not understand where I'm going or what I'm going to do when I get there. That's called faith. So I moved to Tulsa. I go to Bible school. By the time I get out of Bible school, I'm working for Roger Hardesty, second largest apartment complex builder west of the Mississippi River. This man has an F-16 for a toy, and he drives a Rolls Royce. And I'm one of his top maintenance men. And the Lord said, go to Orlando and be a youth pastor. Was it hard for me? Say no. Why? I already made that decision. When I got born again, I said, you're the Lord of my life. I, this, I, listen, I'm not following money. I'm not following, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to build anything. I'm just following the Lord. I told him, where you send me, I'll go. What you say, I'll do. And I'm, you, I, I belong to you, whatever you want. And Paul prayed that prayer, Lord, what is it you want me to do? I prayed and I bowed my knee and said, you're the Lord of my life. And if he tells me to go be a youth pastor, I went and became a youth pastor. Now that looked to you like I took a demotion but I didn't are y'all out there did you go home are y'all getting this and it wasn't difficult living living a life I haven't messed with any girls since I've been saved I don't have a girlfriend is that difficult no it's real easy I made a decision I said this is my wife and that sealed that that sealed that for me till I die are y'all out there? Did you go home? You see, a lot of times you need to understand something. You got to make decisions because you're going to run into stuff next year that's going to try to tell you, you made a wrong choice here. You need to rethink this. You said you're going to serve God, but this got hard. What are you going to do when it gets hard? You stay. You stay where you sit. You stay in the fight. You stay there. You stay faithful. You stay obedient. You stay there. Don't jump from job to job. Don't jump from friend to friend. Don't jump from woman to woman. Don't quit, quit moving around. Quit jumping around. Let your yes be yes. Let your word be yes. If you gave your word, you keep your word. Man swears to his own hurt and he changes not. You told someone you would be there, be there. Get a backbone, get a crowbar and stick it in your jacket. Man up. We're talking about your life. We're talking about your life because life is about choices. There's a lot of people on this planet right now blaming their circumstances. It's not your circumstances, honey. It's you. If you can't read and write, it's your fault. If you don't know the Bible, it's your fault. If you don't have a walk with God, it's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Woo. Yeah, but I don't understand it. That's your fault too. I got to look like Joel Osteen every once in a while. Because I sure ain't preaching like him. And we'll get into it in a minute about taking personal responsibility. What is wrong with saying, I messed up? I got to learn that over again. I got to do that again. Oh, that didn't work. What, what, what is wrong with not always being right? Did you know that you got relationships and you messed it up? 
Did you know that some jobs, you messed it up? Did you know you went to work for them and you were the problem? They told you you were. See, if you have one person tell you you're wrong, forget it. If five people tell you you're wrong, you pay attention. Especially if you're married to one of them. <laughs> That's quiet in this Baptist church. Okay. Verse 2, Romans 12, 2. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind that you may prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If you don't renew your mind in the Word of God, you will never find the will of God. You will never get in it. You'll never taste the goodness of God. I'm going to show you something in a minute. Are you all ready? Because I haven't even started my sermon yet. So let's start now. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. Number one, if you're, if you're going to live the highway, if you want to walk the high road... You've got to determine now that you can trust God, that he is trustworthy. If he said it, it's true. That you've, you've got to make that decision right now. It's not what you think. It's not your opinion. I know that sounds tough when people, people say, well, I'll tell you what I think about that. Let me tell you something. That don't mean a, that don't amount to a hill of beans. Nobody cares what you think about that. What did God say about that? What did he say about it? Now, you may not understand it, but it's okay. It's still true anyway. He will lead you to understand it, but it's true whether you understand it or not. So let me read something to you. You ready? Number one, you want a good year. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your understanding. In other words, he's right and you're not. All right, let me, let's, let's get closer to home. When's the last time you said something to your kids and they said, why? <laughs> and here's your answer. Because I said so. Yeah. And I'm going to tan your hiney if you don't listen to me. You're, I'm, I'm not trying to be hard. Your kids take your home back from them. You want to change a nation, you can't even change your house. Don't let your, don't let your kids rule the roost. They're your kids. Make a mind. Why? Because I said so. Now you go do it. I'm going to tell you a little hiney right now. And I know that's not politically correct, but I still, if, if, I, if, you, if when my boys finally give us grandkids and send them over, I will whoop them. <laughs> Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. That's not even politically correct anymore either, is it? I wouldn't be a school teacher today if you paid me good money. And if I was, I'd wear a video camera on me all day long. When the parents come in, I would take them and sit them down and say, I want you to see Herman when you're not around. Never mind, I'm not, I'm not a school teacher. <laughs> Mel, am I even close to being right? Oh, yeah, baby. See, things have changed because when I was in school, if I disobeyed this teacher, the, the principal whipped me, the teacher whooped me. When I got home, my mama whooped me, and she said, your father will be home in a little while. <laughs> you just didn't keep acting up. Nowadays, you do something in school, the parents come and say, we're going to sue you, and you, 
Never mind. I, I'm in a mood. Yeah, come on now. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your paths. He will lead you and he will guide you and he will show you what to do. Now, you might have to do a little praying and you might have to be patient. Yeah, but what if I do and it don't work? Well, then just keep doing what you're doing. There's more in this than I got time to do today. Hebrews 11.6. Go over to Hebrews 11.6. Let's look at one more. He that comes to God. Well, I don't want to quote it. Let me read it. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's a choice. Is it advantageous to be a Christian? Is it advantageous to obey God? You've got to believe that by faith because there's, there's going to be times and it will not look like it. And I'm going to tell you another story. You remember when I told you when I came here to be a youth pastor? Did you know my marriage fell apart? Did you know the church I was in kicked me out? Did you know that at the end of obeying God, I have nothing? Nothing. Wife's gone, kids gone, family's gone, friends gone, church is gone, and I'm barely eating. What do you do? Well, I'm going to get mad at God. Well, it ain't going to do you any good. Are y'all out there or did you go home? Do y'all understand that stuff happens? Did I get mad? No. I, see, I made that choice when I got saved. I already made up my mind what I'm going to do. What did you do? I went home, got my Bible out, prayed in the Holy Ghost, start over again. Right. Come on. I have to believe that he's a rewarder, that what I'm doing is going to pay off. If it's not, I'm not going to keep doing this. This has to be the right way to go. Living for God has to be the best thing to do. It has to be better than my way. Because I'm certainly not doing it my way right now. I'm not doing anything my way. I'm living in Orlando. I don't even like Florida. I don't like oceans. I don't like salt water. And I don't like smelling fish. I like flannel shirts in September. I like it when it snows sometimes. And I want a white Christmas without going to Daytona. I like those things. I'm a country boy. And by God, I can still talk like that right there too. <laughs> Y'all eat yet? Y'all too? I, I can get on y'all right now. If you want to, I'll take you up out of Georgia and we can get you some uh, crawdad, cook it up, runner. Go down the river and do a little noodling. Get some catfish out of the river. Don't let the game warden catch you. If they do, give me the bag. Let's go. Y'all ain't never cooked no loggerhead, have you? Y'all ain't cooked a loggerhead? Well, you ever had pig's feet, hog jowls, and possum fat? 
Mm. Poke salad. We're talking about eating now. No, I'm not from here. I had to learn English when I came here. How are y'all doing? You still breathing? I'm just getting started. He that comes to God must believe he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, I'm saying this because I'm watching young people today, and I mean, I ask them how their job's doing, and they go, well, I quit. I said, you did? And they said, yeah, yeah, I went in the other day, and the boss said something to me I didn't like. I said, what are you going to do? The next boss tells you something you don't like. What are you going to do when you get married and your wife says something you don't like? Are you all out there? Did you go home? I mean, our, our society is it's crazy. It's crazy. There has to be something stabilizing you. Make a decision now what you're going to do next year. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to grow in God. I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to stay faithful. And I'm going to walk with God and I'm going to learn his voice. And I'm going to find his will. Can you? If you want to, you will. Now, while I'm on the subject, teach your children this. Don't look at me and tell me your kids don't read the Bible. Make them. Oh, come over here. And I didn't get it, man. I just, eh, my kids don't like to read. Why don't they? Well, my kids don't want to go to church. Well, who asked them? Come on, come on. Thank you. I got one amen. Somebody grunt. Somebody somewhere grunt. I don't feel. Honey, if I went by the way I feel, I wouldn't be here either. I done quit this church more times than y'all have. I told Lisa one day, I says, I ain't going back. She said, you got to. I said, I don't either. I said, I don't like them and they don't like me. She, I said, why should I go? Honey, you're the pastor. <laughs> Never mind. I know none of y'all ever had any problems. I'm just talking to me, maybe one other person in the building. Number one, you've got to decide you've got to trust God. Now, the next thing you've got to decide is you have to choose the known will of God before you were ever going to find the unknown will of God. All right, let me say this to you so you can understand this. Why would God, why are you seeking God? Oh, God, what do you want me to do? Oh, God, oh, God, show me what you want me to do. Oh, God, you haven't even obeyed be anxious for nothing yet. You're still struggling with the known will of God. Why in the world is he going to tell you the unknown will of God? In everything, give what? Thank. This is the will of God. That's the will of God. If you haven't even learned to get your face straight, why in the world is he going to talk to you about what you're supposed to be doing? He can't even get you to do the Bible, much less tell you anything else. Don't shout me down. I mean, y'all are, y'all are, sit down, sit down. Y'all are running too much. 
We need this, folks. We need this bad. This nation and the church has gotten more lukewarm than I've ever seen it. And we think that our life, if we just show up to church and sit and sing kumbaya, we're good. We're not. This is not okay. You've got to know, the Psalm 119, 105 says, let's pop it on the screen. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you say, well, I don't know what God wants, we'll open the book. Just open it up, start reading. Well, I don't understand it. Well, then, then, then read it anyway. I did. I read it for weeks, didn't know a thing I said. I finally found one scripture I understood, and I went, woo, this is a good book. Within a month, I knew two scriptures. Now I know thousands. What was that? It was a choice I made. Are y'all out there? Okay. Second Thessalonians 5.18. Just pop it on the screen. You've got, to, you've got to decide on the known will of God. In, in everything, give thanks. That's, not, that's, that's first. Second. Second Thess. Go to second. Let's see what happens. If I messed up, there is no second. It is a first. Number three. Let me tell you something. When you, the number three is you've got to be learned to be led by the Holy Ghost. Regardless of what's happening around you and what things appear there is a God living inside of you, and every once in a while, he's going to say, I want you to make an adjustment. I want you to make a change. So when I'm, in, when I'm in Athens, Georgia, and the Lord says to me, I want you to pack up and go to Tulsa, I'm not sitting there questioning that because in all reality, it doesn't even make sense. There's no sense in me even fighting with him over this. I said, I want to obey you, and he says, I want you to move to Tulsa. And my whole family said to me, well, you're going to die in starvation. I said, I would die in here. Nobody cared. It's funny how everybody cares about you when you're about to do something and obey God. But nobody even showed up at your house for years and never cared whether you were even eating. Oh, well, I'm preaching too hard now. But there's times the Lord's going to lead you and guide you. And wherever he leads you, he's already there. But where he's not leading you, he's not there. I'm going to read a scripture to you, and I want you to get this. Um, 1 Kings 17. We're going, to, we're going to talk about Elijah. 17.1. Elijah the Tishbite. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you glad that your last name is not Tishbite? <laughs> Daryl the Tishbite. That would be rough. Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, and whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain these years except at my word. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Let me tell you something about the will of God. Wherever he's leading you, he's already there. In other words, when he started, when he said to me, 
I want you to go to Orlando. He already had a job for me here. He already had a wife for me here. He already had a church for me here. He already had everything planned. All I needed to do was get up and go get in it. But I want you to understand that let's pretend for a minute that I had said no. I'm staying here in, in, in Tulsa. I've got a lucrative job. I'm not going. I would not have three sons. I wouldn't know you. I would not be in the will of God. I would have a job and I would have money, and I, but I wouldn't even have a life. Am I right? Now listen to me. I'm not saying that there's not people that have done that. There's people that do that all the time. They choose well, this is, I'm staying right here. I don't care what God wants. I remember um, Andrew Walmack made a statement that people come to him all the time and say, the Lord told me I'm supposed to go to Bible school, but. But what? If he told you, well, I might starve. So? You didn't get that. Oh, you think you're going to starve in the will of God? No, you're not going to starve in the will of God. He's going to, but you're going to walk by faith. You are going to walk by faith. He's going to say to you, do something. You're going to go, I don't make no sense. We'll do it anyway. Amen. Do you know why I tithe? I started tithing when I was broke. You know why I did it? Because he said do it. That's it. That's all. That's it. I read tithe and I said, okay. And I did it. I didn't have any money. Well, what if I'd have starved? Well, I will starve obeying God. Did I? Do I look like I'm starving? No. <laughs> Not even close. Do I look to you like obeying God has harmed me? No, it has not. Matter of fact, I don't want to be anywhere but in the dead center of his will. Amen. Are y'all getting this? Because I believe, I, you understand, I, that's a, but this is a choice. This year, you need to make choices. I'm not making choices based on Lisa. I'm not making choices based on you. I'm making choices based on what the Lord said to me. That's the only thing that's steering my decisions. As a matter of fact, I preach sermons he says preach. I even preach ones like this you don't like. Well, they'll never come back. That's a choice. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? All right. Let's look at one more. Proverbs 20, 27. This is very, very important. That you learn to be led by the Holy Ghost. Not everything you're doing is God. Not everything you're doing is good for you. Not everything is, is wrong or immoral, but it's not everything that you're doing. You, when are you going to learn to listen to God? If you're a businessman and you're, and you're making deals and the Holy Ghost says, change and go see so-and-so, did you ever think that maybe he's trying to help you make money? I've had times when he said, stop doing something. And I said, why? And he didn't answer me. He's a lot like me because I said so. I said, well, I don't make sense. Doesn't matter whether it makes sense. Just don't do it. I'm going to tell once on me. If you don't mind, I'll tell you something I did. It was stupid. I didn't obey God. Have y'all always obeyed God? 
I used to shoot archery, tournament archery. And one day the Lord said, stop shooting. I said, why? You're the one that told me where to buy the bow. And I kept shooting. I tore my shoulder up. You know what he was trying to do? Get me to rest it. Say, dummy. You can talk to me. Say, you dummy. Did you know that I just back got to where I can start shooting a low poundage bow? I could have saved myself a lot of trouble if I'd have just listened. Now, don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm not the only person here who ever disobeyed God. I've done things before that cost me a lot of money. And he told me before I did it, it wasn't going to work. One day, a man gave me a Cessna 310 airplane. He said, no. I said, oh, no. Yeah, you want that. I want that airplane, God. I want that. He said, you want to be in an airplane? I said, no. I went, no. Think about that for a week or two. You want to be flying around an airplane God told you not to get? Now, listen, there's already provision for you. You're running around praying for God to do things, and you're not even at the brook he told you to be at. Help me, Jesus. I'm trying to. I did something one time. I was stupid, stupid. I've always wanted to travel and not pastor. I, 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 it's just, I understand. <laughs> God gave me an invitation one time to go to Atlanta and preach. Man, I didn't even pray about it. I jumped and said, you betcha, baby. I rented a Cessna 172 and, took, and flew up there to Atlanta and landed in Peachtree, and they picked me up. That was the worst talk I ever did. There was no anointing. I couldn't get off the first gear. Everybody in the building fell asleep. Even worse than this right here. And I walked out and I said, where are you? He said, well, I was thinking the same thing. Where are you? If he didn't call you to do something, he ain't anointing it. I just kind of thought that anointing would be everywhere. It's only in a popka for me. Come on, y'all. You're going to have to learn there's a supernatural provision, protection, and guidance for you. But it's only in the will of God. It's not for you outside the will of God. You're running around making your own decisions. It's not going to work. You're going to look back one day and go, oh, I got married, my wife left me. I wonder why that happened. I prayed, Lord, she's hot. That's not a prayer. <laughs> I'm trying my best. I've only dated two women and married them both. One was wrong, one was right. I'm not saying the first one was wrong. The first one, I didn't know anything. One saved, one Christian. 
But I didn't get married again until he said, I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. Do you know why you need to know that? Because it's going to get tough. It's not going to be easy. Lisa's tough. I'm the sweet one. Ain't nobody here even believes that. <laughs> One more. One more. Galatians 2. Let's go there. I gave you four points. You don't remember any of them, but it's okay. I think think you're going to remember it's not, it's going to be the highway, right? You've got that part. Galatians chapter two, number four, number four, my way or the, or God's way. Galatians chapter two. Anybody want a better year next year? Let's start making some right choices right now. Amen. I have chosen this year to, to increase my praying. I've already been doing it for the last few months. Increase my word time. Increase my time with God. Get rid of everything in my life that's not God. You just have to stop sometimes and just clean up. I clean my closet. I clean my room. And I clean up my life. Every once in a while, I just clean my life up. Yeah, that's not good. That's not God. I'm not doing that anymore. Now, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, before I turn you loose. Take responsibility for your life. What if you did it wrong? Where are we in Galatians 2? 7. I don't think I even got this right. That's the one I didn't write. I I wrote, I didn't even do it right. Let's see if it's 3. No, it's not 3. 7. Is it 4. 7? No, it's not 4. 7. Is it 5. 7? It's not five seven. No, it's not five seven. Is it six seven? Yeah, it's five. It's six seven. Turn to Galatians six seven. I knew I'd finally find it. Maybe that is a six and not a two down there. I don't know. I'm sure I messed up. It's all right. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that and that he'll also reap. Have you ever learned to just take responsibility? I'm talking to young people, especially young people, all the time. And something won't go right, and I'll look at them and I'll say, and I'll try to help them because I can obviously see they messed up. But, but they're like, I didn't mess up. Okay. How are you going to fix it if you're never wrong? If you're, have you ever noticed you can't fix your spouse? I'm over here for a reason. I'm, I'll just move on down here. Have you ever noticed they don't fix? The best thing for it to be would be you. Because you can do something about you. Right? Why is it so hard? Now listen to... listen. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to start the year right. Why is it hard to say I'm wrong? It's very hard for people to do. I was wrong. Some of y'all would throw up if you said. <laughs> Especially men. I told you I love you the day I married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. Why is it so hard to admit 
when we're not right, well, that relationship was no good and, and it's probably mostly my fault. I'll tell you honest to God, it was me. Could, could that be true? Yes. And it might not be you. When God and Adam and Eve, was it both God and Adam's fault? No, it was just Adam's. God didn't. So sometimes your spouse left and it's not your fault. Sometimes it's not. They were a jerk. Goodbye. But every once in a while, it might be you. It might be you. Is it possible for you to look back and go, I made a wrong choice. I made some choices I shouldn't have made. I think I'm going to make an adjustment. Don't keep doing the same stupid thing over and over thinking you're going to get a new result. It didn't work the last 50 times you did it. Change something. (laughs) I'm doing my best, Lisa, and I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like I'm plowing stumps. The greatest thing in the world for you to stop and look at yourself and go, I think I see some changes I need to make. It's liberating to look at yourself and go, yeah, boy, I did that wrong and I did that wrong. Now, we're we're about to take communion, so it's okay to sit here and go, well, last year, no, I'm not doing that again and I'm not never doing that again. I'm going to make a change here and then I'm going to take communion. We're going to get this under the blood. Come on, y'all. This is liberating. Every year, I look in retrospect at my life. How did I do? I think I can be a better grandparent than I am. This is a decision I just made. I looked at Easter Christmas, and I went, you know what? Think I'm gonna, think I'm gonna get more involved in the grandkids. They live, my, my, my granddaughters live far away, but I'm gonna learn. There's, I've just... Are y'all out there or did you go home? Am I, am I just kind of talking and everybody's just looking at me like, can't wait to go home? I'm looking at other areas of my life and going, you know what? That was not a good choice. I think I'm going to make a, a decision here. I don't make huge choices. I never believe I'm going to lose 100 pounds. I just start with 10. I, I, I'm going to eat this elephant one bite at a time. I'm just going to do something I can do. When I get there, I go, I think I'll do another five. You know, if I change my diet, I don't go and, and empty my refrigerator. I just get three or four things and go never. And I just, I just clean out some of it. I don't do everything. It's too much. That's why people don't, don't keep their New Year's resolutions. They're huge. New wife, new children, new job, new car, new clothes. Lose 100 pounds. pounds. You're not going to do it. (laughs) Start with no more Pepsis. That's enough. I ain't ever drinking another Pepsi again. Amen. And the diets, send them to hell where they came from. The diet drinks, send them back to hell. You don't need to drink that trash. All right, are y'all here? How 
How many of y'all ready for communion? While I'm preaching, I know it's quiet in here. That's probably good. How many of you are thinking, boy, I got some changes to make. How many of you, now let's get on. Do you have changes to make? Have you accepted the fact that there are changes you need to make? That if you want a better life, there's things you, you need to adjust. If you did, then I did a good job today. The guys are serving communion, and while they're going around, I don't have any more scriptures down here, so I'm out of scriptures. But Jesus gave us this awesome thing called communion. And what this means is you can't get saved but once, but you can sure put stuff under the blood. Okay, God, all of that, I'm going to just, we're just going to forget it. Forget the good, the bad, and the ugly. Forget the good things you did too. They hinder you. So in a moment, we're going to take communion, and I want you to pray about the year that you're coming into. I want you to sit and look at the year you're coming into. What are you going to do to make it the best year you ever had? Are you going to start reading your Bible? How many of you need a little help in that area? You need to make a decision. How many of you need to start praying in the Holy Ghost a lot more than you do? Not going to work if you don't. You got a gift that ain't using it. It ain't doing you any good. You know to do that. You know right from wrong. You know. It's not hard. How many of you know there's relationships you need to mend? They got broken and you need to go back and get it straight. I didn't say you were wrong. Mend relationships where you're not wrong. In God good. Here you go. Let me have one. Thank you. Josh Brown, I wasn't just talking to you. I was talking to Melanie Hayward too. And Tony. Tony's actually a tiger. He's a little tiger. His wife's a lion, but he's a tiger. <laughs> I read one time Smith Wigglesworth takes communion every day. I thought, boy, sometimes I think I need to take communion every day. Everybody say this, next year will be the best year of my life. I have decided. Yeah. You may not control circumstances, but you can sure control you. Right? I can have a good attitude. I can count it all joy. I refuse to worry. I refuse to get in fear. It's a choice I made. I refuse to allow fear to rule me. 
I refuse to beat myself up when I do it wrong. It's a choice I made. I refused to not allow condemnation to rule me. It's a choice I made. This is liberating, isn't it? I've also chosen not to let my flesh rule me. It's not going to do everything it wants to do. Everybody ready? Get the, get the bread or cracker in your hand. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning. We come before you in the name of Jesus and we're reminded of the fact that the Word of God says by the stripes of Jesus we are the healed. You, t you said this is my body that's broken for you. That means that everything we need for the healing of our body was taken care of on the cross. It's not taken care of in the doctor's office, it's taken care of in the cross. You took it and you bore it. It's not something we need to do, it's something we need to acknowledge. And Father, I thank you that we're sure we made decisions last year that caused us physical suffering, but we've chosen now to make right decisions. And we're going to make them. We're going to follow your plan and your provision. And so, Father God, we take the bread now and we thank you that by the stripes of Jesus we are the healed and we have a covenant with you and we give you glory and honor for that, sir, in Jesus' name. And the Word of God says that after he broke the bread, he took the cup and said, Gentlemen, this is a new covenant in my blood. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of what I did. Lord, you took your blood and you shed it at Calvary for the removal of sin. That's removal of sin and all of its consequences from my life. Everything we did last year and everything that we've done in the past that's caused uh, suffering in our life, we're bringing that to you right now and asking you to forgive us and wash us of it, cleanse us. You said you'd, if we ask for forgiveness, you'd forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that means the ramifications of it. That means we don't even have to bear the burden of the sin. You took it. And we've chosen to use this last day of the year as a time to come before you because we want to start off next year clean, knowing there's nothing between you and us, that all, even the stuff we made mistakes, we just want to put it behind us and we just want to get clean and holy before you and honor the fact that we started off because of the blood, we got saved because of the blood, we have righteousness because of the blood. We have provision and healing because of the blood. And we just want to honor you right now and, and thank you for the blood. And that because of that, we have access to your throne room. And Father, we pray over next year that it would be a great year. And we're going to do the, we're going to make the right choices now. We're going to make choices. And we're going to get in the middle of your will and get in your plan start seeking your face and trust you. And Father God, I thank you for the blood of Jesus and we take communion in honor of that in Jesus' name. Now, isn't that awesome? 
Aren't you glad you can take your past and just put it behind you? Amen. Now, you know what? I don't want you to go through life pretending like there's perfect people around you. There aren't. Everybody in this room needs to take things and put it behind them. Because the devil's going to beat you. He's going to try. And I want you to look back and go, that's under the blood. You say, well, isn't that kind of using God? Well, he told you to. Didn't he? Didn't he tell you you could do this? You know why he gave it to us? Because he knew we'd need it. I would like to tell you that I've never made a mistake. I'd be lying. I'd like to tell you that I've never needed to go to God and say, I need you to forgive me for that. I'd be lying. But it sure is sweet knowing that I can step up from a communion table and go, thank you, Jesus. I like new years. I like new weeks, new months. I like old wife. My, my, my old wife, not an old woman. I said my old wife. I like, the, I like to keep, I'm not changing this one is what I'm saying. I'm not getting a new wife. Boy, it's sweet to sit in the presence of God knowing that you're washed in the blood. I gave you the ordinance so you could do what you've done today. I love your presence and I love you coming to me. I love you fellowshipping with me and I love you in my throne room. I love to see you when you come in. And when you're not here, I look for you and wonder, where are you and why have you not come to visit me? And I realize something's blocking that. And I, I recognize that you, you need times where you can get your soul straightened out and come back home. I'm not condemning you and never will. But your soul condemns you. And the devil condemns you. And I just love you. I just love you. And I love seeing you. I love helping you. I love walking with you. And so that's why I gave the ordinance like this to you today. Because it helps you to stay in fellowship with me. Which thing I paid a high price for. Because I love you so much. I don't condemn you. I don't hold your past against you. So you're free. You're free to walk with me. And you're free. Ha, ha, ha on the devil. Ha, ha, ha on the devil. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you came in here today and, and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, Lisa's going to tell you in a minute how to do that. Don't keep going along in life knowing right. You know right from wrong. Do the right. You know the right thing to do. Do it. Don't go another year not walking with God 
you know what to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.